Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A's cast streaming on iHeartRadio and broadcasting locally on Bloomberg 960. KNEW Oakland and KOSF 103.7 FM HD2 San Francisco. 0-2, curveball swing and a miss. And the A's survive in Kansas City. A Saturday afternoon marathon of nearly four hours, and the A's prevail. It's now time for the A's Clubhouse Show. Welcome in to the A's Clubhouse Show. I'm Joe Hughes, in for Chris Townsend, who will join us later on today. And we'll take some of your phone calls at 833-625-2278. But the A's kicking off their final road trip of the season with a 4-3 loss to the Angels as we welcome in Ken Korak, who called a lot of the action tonight, and a disappointing outing for the A's, but kind of a surprising game with the way it unfolded. That th- that second inning with both teams going for three runs, you're starting to think, okay, maybe we're going to have one of those big offensive nights, and then really things got quiet from there on out until the bottom of the eighth inning. It was kind of a strange game, Ken. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the A's were shut down. Their offense was shut down after that. They had a couple of opportunities. They had a walk and a single with... Uh, two out in the fourth, a double by Langoliers, but two out in the sixth inning, and that was pretty much it. They had base hit by Machine, pitch hitting in the seventh with one out, and the Angels turned really a pretty impressive 4 6 3 double play on Capel um, in the eighth after Seth Brown had single with one out. And yeah, he's just one of those things. You're right. You, you just had the feeling in the second inning that it wasn't going to be a 4 3 game at the end, Joe. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean we certainly had enough hits to have more runs, but uh, kind of strange to see it wind up that way and get so quiet after that second inning. But a guy that we've been talking about when you know I was here last week with you guys, James Caprillion. We were wanting to see this guy finish the season strong, and overall his numbers, you know, pretty good tonight. Six innings, he did have ten hits that he gave up, but just three earned runs, didn't walk anybody, which is a big thing for him, and five Ks and. You know, so far in three starts this month, he's got a 2.37 ERA, only allowed those five runs in 19 innings, striking out 15. And with tonight not allowing a walk, he's only allowed five walks in his last three starts. So, you know, not ideal after coming off of a strong start in his last outing, finally breaking through and getting seven innings. But still a pretty good outing for James Caprillion, who's trying to build that consistency down the stretch here. No, you're right. And uh, I think the big thing was the no walks, as you said, Joe, because you're not going to survive six innings giving up 10 hits if you walk people. And so you make the Angels earn their way on base, and he did that. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the numbers in the walks recently, and that's been a big turnaround for him. And as Scott Emerson, the ace pitching coach, has said, when James had that kind of couple of weeks hiatus when he went down to the bullpen, and uh, he was down there for a couple of days on an A's road trip to D.C., and didn't start a game for two weeks and that kind of seemed to be a reset for him. At least that's what his pitching coach uh, thinks and so things have worked out you know the numbers aren't what he would like he's four and nine his ERA is you know around four and a half for the year but he's shown some things down the stretch here and his velocity has been good uh, Joe so I, I think that 
you know, next year is going to be a, a big year for, for James. And there's no reason why he can't break camp with the A's in the rotation next year. Yeah, I think if he can, you know, continue on the pace that he's doing and show the A's that, hey, he can give them six innings consistently with three or fewer runs, they would take that from a guy like James Caprillion. And, you know, it's incumbent upon him. I know he's kind of had some injury struggles in the pandemic year, kind of stunted a little bit of his development. But it'd be great to see him finally come into his own because we know he's got the attitude we know he's got the confidence and just seeing him kind of put those physical tools with that mental strength that he carries over would be a lot of fun and you mentioned a reset a guy that's seen a bit of a reset for the A's Shea Langoliers a guy that these gave a little bit of a break to he was kind of going through it and we all know that sometimes the major league season even when you've only been up for a little bit can feel like a grind and kind of roll over you and he kind of got a little lost at the plate there but after some time off He's really looked a lot like the guy we saw when he first got called up. He had two hits tonight, including the double, also scored runs. Great to see Shea Langoliers, you know, looking confident again and making that adjustment to, to feel good again and have those results that he and the A's are hoping for. Six for 16 in his last four games. And they've worked with him. We talked about this on the broadcast. More on the mental side of things than the technical side and just letting it go, you know, freeing up your mind and uh, because you can react a lot better if you have too many thoughts in your head you're not going to react especially on breaking balls and see the spin on pitches and stuff so uh, it's all part of the process Joe as you know for a young hitter. Well before I let you get out of here I do want to ask about a impressive I have this running joke going with some friends that every time Tony Kemp leaving happens and he did that again tonight and I'm just thinking. If you're through their one play, was it tonight's play that stands out when Tony leaves his feet defensively? I mean, this guy is just a wizard, and he's got balls whether he's playing the infield or if he's out in the outfield. It is fun watching Tony Kemp make those great plays defensively. Yeah, this might have been the best one. You know, I can't mm. nail down every one that we've seen because it's sure, almost yeah. a highlight every time he's out there, Joe, but can't imagine you could make a better play than he made. It was an incredible catch. You're going to see it all over the highlight shows, so... The other thing that was a big play in the game, too, was the Nick Allen play on Trout's ball. Because if he doesn't make that play in the fourth inning, the Angels have two runners on base and two out in Otani's coming up. It's a tie game there. And that was a do-or-die charging play on Trout with a bare hand pickup by Nick. So, you know, Nick has really been sparkling defensively. So the A's did all they could with the gloves tonight. It just really, in the, in the end, didn't work out for them at the plate after the second inning. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the Nick Allen play because I've got, I've looked down at my scorebook right now. I've got three stars written all over that because it was just, you're right, he had to make the barehanded play, but then he had to fire a strike to get it mm -hmm. over there and just barely beat Trout. So it was impressive all around on Nick Allen. That was a great play for sure. All right, Ken, we'll let you get out of here and uh, get ready okay, for tomorrow buddy. night. And again, it's your favorite. It's a 638. Don't be confused. Don't be too late. Don't be I'm going to show up at 637 and I'm going to start <laughs> the broadcast a minute too early, Joe. Okay. All right, buddy. Have a good night, Ken, man. Enjoy right, man. it, and uh, we'll be on the we'll be listening for the call tomorrow, man. Sounds good. Ken Korak there as the A's unable to get the win as they kick off their final road trip of the season with a 4-3 loss to the Angels. James Caprillion, some mixed results. You know, I don't think he'll say it was exactly his perfect outing. He does go six innings, but ten hits allowed, but doesn't walk anybody. Only three earned runs allowed, and this is a guy who's really been trying to show something here over the last few starts. He's got a 2.37 ERA in his last three starts. His last outing, 
finally able to break through that 34 start streak where he was finally able to go seven innings. Followed that up tonight, six innings, 10 hits, three earned runs, no walks, five strikeouts, goes 102 pitches, 69 strikes. So, you know, a nice night for James Caprillion. I know there's still room for improvement, but overall, this is what we're looking for to see if he's building on something. And, you know, I wouldn't say exactly he built on top of a more impressive outing his last time out, but still a pretty good outing overall for James Caprillion. And, you know, the, the end result is, you know, not exactly pretty, but it's a nice quality start. Six innings, three earned runs. You'll take that from James Caprillion each and every night. I mean, this was a guy who was trying to break through from being a guy that was constantly going just five innings or maybe barely getting into the six. So seeing him be able to consistently finish six innings every time, I think that's something that the A's will see as an encouraging progress for James Caprillion. And as we mentioned, Shea Langoliers has turned things around two hits tonight. We saw some impressive defense from both Nick Allen and Tony Kemp. And Nick Allen, also two for four tonight, had a pair of RBI with that double early in the game. And Kind of a strange night for the A's. The A's and Angels getting six runs in that second inning, each with three in their half of the inning, and then nothing, really not a lot going on the rest of the game until the Angels finally broke through against A.J. Puck in the bottom of the eighth as they steal this 4-3 to three win, getting that to start off this road trip. So some positive for the A's, and, you know, we know what the record is. We know where this team is going this year, and so you're looking for those positive signs especially from some of these younger guys like James Caprillion, like Shea Langoliers, like Nick Allen. So if you've got any impressions from what you saw from tonight, feel free to give us a call. That number is 833-625-2278. Again, that's 833-625-2278. We'll take your phone calls. We're also going to hear from the A skipper Mark Kotze, likely James Caprillion as well. And Chris Townsend will join us later on in the show as we'll take your calls. Joe Hughes in for Chris Townsend as we roll along here on A's Clubhouse. Your loan personalized. Whether you're planning your next vacation, backyard landscaping, or even consolidating debt, First United Credit Union can help you check off your to-do list with rates as low as 5.9% APR. Apply online or at any of their East Bay branches. Visit firstunitedcu.org forward slash athletics for details. Insured by NCUA. Hey, Billy, this deck is great for getting everyone together. Thanks. We're really enjoying the outdoor space, especially on a day like today. What's the material? Humboldt Redwood from Ashby Lumber. They gave us a great deal, provided us with a quick quote, and we couldn't be happier. We even found a great contractor through their online contractor directory. Don't miss a day outdoors. Visit Ashby Lumber in Berkeley or Concord to see our stock of naturally strong, naturally beautiful Humboldt Redwood. Find out more at ashbylumber.com. For all your building needs, Ashby Lumber. You're listening to the A's Clubhouse Show. Welcome back to the A's Clubhouse Show. Not exactly the end result the A's were hoping for as they start this final road trip of the season as they fall to the Angels 4-3. Both teams striking for three runs in the second inning, and really, that was it until the Angels finally broke through against A.J. Puck there in the bottom of the eighth inning, getting what turned out to be the deciding run and stealing this 4-3 game. So, James Caprillion, a big part of this story is he's looking to build on something, goes six innings, gives up just three runs, but doesn't allow 10 hits. No walks, though, so we kind of balanced that out between no walks, 10 hits allowed, and worked around that, scattered those 
throughout his six innings on the mound, and the A's getting their runs. The big hit was Nick Allen's RBI double bringing in two. Christian Pache was thrown out of the plate trying to uh, run through the stop sign there. The A's challenged it, but unsuccessful as that was the out at the home plate. And the A's do get those three runs, but nothing the rest of the way as they were really quiet over those final stretches. But A's heading into this final road trip. We've got A's manager Mark Kotze. But if you want to line up your phone calls before we hear from the A's skipper, that number is 833-625-2278. Again, that's 833-625-2278. Let's hear from A's skipper Mark Kotze on tonight's 4-3 loss. First of all, that catch by Tony, was that just one of the best plays you've ever seen by a second baseman? Uh, Tony's made some great plays this year. Um, you know, he's uh, definitely um, has the ability to make those type of spectacular plays. So we saw it earlier. And, uh, you know, at the time of the play, um, it's it's momentum shifter and uh, obviously uh, exciting for the ball club. And that was not the only kind of a gymnastical act tonight. Uh, Cap uh, had his own little somersault incident that was a little different, obviously. Um, everything okay with him after that, assuming because he, he went on as he did? Yeah, no, Cap, uh, uh, in that play, I think there was just a little bit of lack of communication on Garcia's part. Um, Cap's an athlete. Uh, you know, he wants to make plays on baseballs. We've, hit, we've had that happen this year already once in the infield. Uh, with Cap, and uh, so yeah, I mean Cap's fine, and uh, you know, uh, in terms of performance over the game, uh, six innings, big strikeout to, to get that last out in the sixth, and uh, you know, overall I thought he had good stuff. He had one inning where in the second uh, gave up some runs that you know the ball was up maybe a little bit in the zone, some hits that uh, uh, maybe if the ball's down in the zone don't don't fall in, um, but I thought he did a great job managing it and uh, and getting out of it and pitching six innings. It's been a continuation of uh, some strong performances from him lately. Uh, what have you been seeing from him that's uh, made him so successful? Yeah, I just I think he's us- utilizing his two-seam fastball a lot more. His change-ups come into play. He's commanding the baseball and uh, pitching with confidence. You had the good you had the good inning. You scored your runs, and then nothing after the second. What, what do you think's going to happen offensively? You know, offensively, I think uh, that the second was a good inning. We put some at bats together. Um, you know, I think. Uh, Sandoval adjusted, and that's what really good pitchers do. He made an adjustment, broke out his curveball a lot more, uh, was effective with that pitch, um, and uh, you know ended up getting through five and a third. Um, you know the bull, their bullpen has, has been pitching well lately, and, and uh, you know we just we couldn't get an opportunity there uh, within you know the last three innings to, to get a run across. Um, and then really good night for the bullpen overall. Then to kind of be stung by a hit by pitch like that, um, how difficult is that? Yeah, yeah I mean, anytime uh, leadoff hitters get on, and uh, you know it, it's it definitely uh, is challenging uh, late in the game to keep them from scoring. It was a nice sack bunt laid down. And, uh, you know, Adele does a nice job with hitting a soft close pitch to him uh, for a knock. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we end up on the wrong end of the, the ball game. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. That was the A's skipper, Mark Kotze, after tonight's 4-3 to three loss to the Angels. And you heard him talk about James Caprillion there. And, you know, I think that's kind of it overall is that it was, you know, not a bad result. Not a great result, not certainly something that you're not going to be celebrating, but you'll take that. And, you know, there's still progress to be made for James Caprillion. And we talked about this last week. Tony and I were talking about Caprillion came over to the A's and he was really one of the highlight prospects that the A's were looking for in that Sonny Gray deal. But 
this is a guy that's had some injury trouble and combine that with the pandemic you know could, you know the way that he's progressed doesn't match up with his age so when you're looking at this guy and thinking okay well you know he was drafted here and maybe he should be you know this far along and really this is when you want to see him arrive but you know he's had some setbacks he's had to deal with the injuries he had that shortened season because of the pandemic and now you're waiting to see if he's reached that point because he's got enough major league innings and experience that you're needing to see how this breaks for him one way or the other for James Caprillion. And I think the A's are watching that over this final stretches and trying to see if he can put something together to make them and himself feel encouraged heading into next season. It's been pretty good so far. You know, it goes six innings, seven innings, six innings over his last three starts. And it's been okay. I mean, you're looking at this three starts at 2.37 ERA with 15 strikeouts and 19 innings. Only five runs allowed, and you're thinking, okay, that's looking pretty good. If we can get that consistently, we're going to start feeling pretty good about James Caprillion heading into next year because the A's are going to have open rotation spots, and they're going to be looking to give some young guys an opportunity. And, you know, some of those guys are guys that are coming back from their own injuries that are in the minor leagues right now. And also, you're going to want to give some guys that are going to pitch some innings for you. And, you know, Cole Irvin and Paul Blackburn. Right now, those are the two guys that you're highlighting, thinking these are the guys that will lead this rotation. But how do you slot in around those guys if those two are back next year leading this rotation? So how do you fill that in? James Caprillion is a veteran that could be there. You know, you've got guys like Adam Aller, Adrian Martinez who's going to pitch tomorrow, and then a bevy of guys like J.P. Sears and Waldachuk and a bunch of guys in the minor leagues still looking to cut their teeth at the big league level. So, these are going to have a lot of options. And, you know, you heard Townie talk about it all the time, that they're going to have to have 10 or 11 starting pitchers to kind of get the deal done because you don't have guys going out there and giving you 200 innings every single night. So it'll be interesting to see because James Caprillion is, you know, one of those guys that he's been here long enough that he just kind of needs to start defining himself as the kind of player not only he wants to be, but the A's are hoping that he can be. And, you know, it's looking pretty good. Tonight's outing was you know, not bad, not good. Just kind of leaves you wondering. We got to see more from James Caprillion and he'll get another turn to, to show us that he's improving and we'll get a chance to hear from him likely later on tonight as we roll along. If you want to line up your calls, the number is 833-625-2278. Joe Hughes in for Chris Townsend. Townie will join us a little later on, but before we head out to break, we do have a chance to hear from A's infielder Tony Kemp who had one of the catches of the year. We'll play that highlight for you later on, but Kemp went, he left his feet early to make this catch, went both feet out. He had his legs kind of twisted in the air, very much like a gymnast. And, you know, Tony Kemp, when he leaves his feet, something amazing happens. Let's hear from Tony Kemp on tonight's loss and his amazing catch. Well, that play, you made me um, What's going through your mind as you're going for that ball? Yeah, I mean, um, Adele's on second base, and, uh, you know, Puck was doing good. Just wanted to try to catch anything I could, and... Uh, went out there until shallow right and just try to make a play on something and luckily it stayed in my glove right there. Where does that rank for you in your mind among things that you've made in your career? Yeah, definitely top 10. I mean, that was, I think I kind of surprised myself there, but, you know, wish we would have got the win right there and i uh, just happy I made the play. Yeah, your manager said that in that moment it was, you know, certainly a momentum shifter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I wish we could have, you know, done something there in the later innings, but you know, we'll bounce back tomorrow. 
you had the one get in your team, you scored all your lines and mm -hmm. was it staggering? What, 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 or did Patrick make some changes? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, he made some good pitches right there and, you know, Cat made some good pitches on our end too and, you know, after, you know, those those big innings right there, I think it was kind of a pitcher's duel up until uh, they pushed that one run across the board and, uh, you know, it's a hard-fought game right there. So, uh, just got to keep going, got to keep finishing strong and play good defense and continue to put the bats together. Well, that was Tony Kemp, who had uh, what he says was a top 10 catch in his career. I mean, the highlight is worth seeking out. If you haven't seen it yet in person, I'll share it on my Twitter feed, at Vegas Joe Hughes. Who doesn't love Tony Kemp? You know, I know it's been a struggle for him this year and didn't really have the kind of season early on this year that he was hoping to have coming off of that strong season a year ago. Really struggled early on, but he's really turned it on for the A's since the All-Star break, and tonight making another web gym, and we know Tony Kemp says that's a top 10 catch. I mean, you heard Ken Korak say it might have been number one that he's seen. I mean, recency bias aside, it was incredible, so definitely worth seeking out. We'll have the audio highlight for you here as we continue along, but if you want to light up your calls and talk about tonight's loss or your thoughts on James Caprillion and his future, maybe in the A's rotation or who are the young guys that you're feeling pretty good about and what they've shown? And, you know, we're keeping an eye on some of these guys. And a guy like Shea Langoliers, two for four tonight after getting that time off and looking a lot more like the guy we saw when he first got called up and showing why the A's and the Braves were so high on this guy. And another guy we've been watching, Nick Allen. You know, we've seen Nick Allen impress with his glove. He did that tonight, getting my... A bang-bang play where he had to come in, barehand the ball, and then fire a strike across the diamond. But Allen is a guy that 2-for-4 four four tonight had the RBI double. This is a guy that's getting that extended opportunity because the A's want to see if he can hit here at this level. I know on the season, hitting just two eleven, but you're wanting to see if he can kind of turn it around and become the A's regular, and you can have his glove match up with what we're seeing over the last few days with Nick Allen here. So it's going to be fun to watch that down the stretch. He's three for his last 14 over his last seven games. So we're going to be keeping an eye on Nick Allen to see how he continues to develop because you can see the defense is there. There's no question that his defense is there. It's ready. It's big league ready. And, you know, you saw it tonight on the trout play. It's very impressive what he can do with his defense. Can his bat match up to that? And not even to the point where, you're thinking like, oh man, this guy is going to be one of the best hitters in the game, but can he be productive regularly? Can he turn it over if he's at the bottom of the lineup, get things back to the top of the lineup? Because we've seen when the A's are rolling, it's guys like Nick Allen at the bottom of the lineup, turning things over, getting it back to the top of the lineup. And that's where the A's are kind of stringing success together right now. So Nick Allen is another guy to be watching. So if you're watching any of these young guys and you're feeling optimistic or hopeful Feel free to give Townie and I a call. That's 833-625-2278. We'll take your calls. We'll hear some of the highlights, and Townie will join us a little later on in the show as we roll along here on A's Clubhouse. Ah, hitting the road with the family. On your way to nonstop adventures. No worries ahead, because you know you can stop at a Chevron station along the way. Get fuel for your car, fuel for your crew. That's Chevron with Tecron for unbeatable mileage and snacks for all. Coffee for mom, chips for the kids, cold drinks for dad. You know, for the road ahead. Toss in some laughs, out-of-tune singing, and a zillion are-we-there-yets, and you just made lifelong family memories. Chevron, together ahead. 
This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. Great news! Our indoor dining is back, along with our beautiful patio dining. Come taste our world-famous chicken pie that has been served in Southern California for 83 years. The Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek has one of the most dynamic menus, plus a full bar. Pot pies, gourmet burgers, sandwiches, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget, we still do takeout and delivery. For all the information, go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. Now batting, Xfinity Internet. It's made to do anything so you can do anything. Supercharge your home with incredibly fast and powerful supersonic Wi-Fi. With three times more bandwidth, it covers all the bases and then some. And strike out billions of threats with advanced security that helps keep you safe at home and on the go. If you're keeping score, that's internet that does it all. That's unbeatable internet from Xfinity, proud partner of the Oakland Athletics. Restrictions apply, not available in all areas. Here are some easy tips to get the most out of a time-of-use rate plan. Number one, during peak times, get your dishes loaded and your clothes ready to wash or dry. Then wait until off-peak times to press the start button. Number two, run your AC during off-peak hours, then nudge it up to 78 degrees when peak hours begin. Number three, one of the easiest ways to conserve energy is by turning off appliances, televisions, and lights. To see more easy tips, visit pge.com slash touinfo. You're listening to the A's Clubhouse Show. Welcome back to the A's Clubhouse Show. I'm Joe Hughes in for Chris Townsend tonight. Townie will join us in a little bit. We'll take your calls. If you want to jump in now, feel free to line them all up. You can do that by giving us a call at 833-625-2278. You can also hit me up on Twitter at VegasJoeHughes and we're going to go through some of the highlights as we wait for Townie to join us. We've been talking about the A's 4-3 loss to the Angels to kick off their final road trip of the season. And the A's looking to build some consistency with some of these young guys down the stretch. And tonight, you know, mixed bag. There was some good, there was some bad. Kind of the way that the season has gone overall. And we're just kind of keeping an eye on if you can start to see some consistency from these young guys. If they can develop themselves into something that you can kind of... Um, Get a little bit of a shorthand with knowing what to expect and not what you've heard about, but you can see it. And we've seen some nice adjustments from some of those guys, including a guy like Shea Langoliers and James Caprillion is trying to build on some of that. Goes six innings, 10 hits allowed, which is a lot, but he balanced it out without the zero walk. So a lot from James Caprillion. Let's go through some of the highlights right now. It was a quick first inning for both of the teams, but things started to get interesting in the second. In the top of the second, Three of the first four hitters for the A's single. That would load the bases with one out. And after a mound visit, Christian Pache delivered the fourth single of the inning, giving the A's their first run of the game. Now here it is. And Christian, it's a ground ball. It's shot toward third. Charging is Duffy. He turns one play to first. And it's not going to be in time. The run scores from third. Pache has an infield single. And the A's take a one nothing lead. Good things happen when you put the ball in play, especially when you have the kind of speed that Pache has. Little chopper toward third. Duffy made a good play. The throw was not in time as Pinder scored. The bases remain loaded, and the A's have the early lead. The better option for Duffy may have been to come home and get the force. It was a shorter throw, and the catcher, Theis, was ready for it. He stepped out looking like he was stretching to take a throw. But Duffy, Duffy never looked that way and didn't want to gamble on not getting anybody. I thought mm -hmm. he could get the play at first. 
Well, it worked out for the A's as they got their first run. Nick Allen followed with uh, what turned out to be the big hit of the night for the A's with a double that just barely, barely caught the top of the wall and bounced back in, but it would allow the A's to get a pair of runs. And here's the 1-1 pitch with the bases loaded. And Nick Allen, it's a deep drive into left. Joe Adele is back. He's at the track. He's right to the wall. He'll look up and play it off the wall. One run is in. Two runs are in. They're going to wave Pache. He's around third. The throw to the plate. He's going to be out. Stopping at second is Allen. Two runs score on the play. Pache's out at the plate. And the A's take a 3-0 lead. Well, we saw the good with Christian Pache with his speed when he got that single. We saw the bad when he was thrown out at home, and he blew through that stop sign. He just was going to keep going there. He was out by a mile, and the A's would challenge that to see if that uh, he was cut off, if he didn't have an angle to try to get there. But the umpires ultimately ruled that he did, and they called it uh, It was an unsuccessful challenge. The A's would lose their challenge there, and Pache was thrown out. But the A's get a 3 nothing lead. Unfortunately, that's when the Angels would bounce back and they would have an answer in their half. In the bottom of the second inning, Angels had three straight hits to start things off and then Mike Ford doubling to get himself to third. Matt Duffy would single with a pop to right and then uh, the Angels would finally find a way to crack through and get themselves on the board. Caprillion's 0-1 pitch will be on the way and Soto hitting room in right center. Caprillion comes set and Murphy sets up outside. That's drilled to right center. That is going to get down for a hit. Ford will score. Duffy goes to second. Thice lines a base hit to right. It's 3-1 Athletics and the Angels have put together three straight hits in this bottom of the second. Well, the Angels got a sack fly from Soto, and uh, Renjifo would single in another run. That would allow them to tie the game 3-3. Caprillion did get Mike Trout to strike out. That would end the bottom of the second inning, and then that was really about it for the rest of the game. Things did get very quiet after that. We did have some great defense that was played behind them, but really not much going on until the eighth inning when the Angels were finally able to break through against A.J. Puck and get what turned in to be the go-ahead run. And A.J. delivers, and Adele, it's a ground ball to the hole, and threw in the left for a base hit. The runner around third, Duffy, and here's the throw by Seth Brown, and it's not going to be in time. And on the play, going to second is Joe Adele, and the Angels have taken a 4-3 lead in the bottom of the eighth. Yeah, unfortunate for the A's that the Angels able to get across on their bullpen, and uh, that's just the way it goes. You know, it was a quiet game. The A's had, I guess, a couple opportunities, but really nothing where they were threatening all the time against this uh, Angels uh, bullpen. They had a couple chances, but not able to really break through. We talked about the defense, and it's been the play we've been hyping up, and you heard Ken Korak reference it as the best that he's seen from Tony Kemp this year, and that came in the eighth inning. It was a fly out, and... What we always talk about when Tony Kemp leaves his feet, good things happen. And here it is, and that's swung on and hits a right field and shallow. A trio of A's Kemp going out, makes an unbelievable circus catch. And Adele goes back to second. A leaping, diving play by Tony Kemp. He speared it out of midair there. And the fans at the Big A appreciate that. He came out of nowhere to make that play. Watching the replay, the fans ooing and aahing as Kemp went diving and then sprawling on the grass 
The ball was behind him. He rolled over in midair and then came out throwing and the runner Adele went back to second. I mean every day is a highlight reel for Tony Kemp. Incredible. I mean it was incredible. I mean Tony Kemp makes plays like that and they are fun to watch and that was one of the highlights from tonight because the A's really didn't do much after that second inning. A couple of great defensive plays. Nick Allen grabbing uh, Trout where he had to come in on a ball, barehand it, fire it across to first, and just getting Mike Trout by a step. And that Tony Kemp grab was just incredible. As you look at some of the highlights from tonight's loss of the A's, dropping the first game of their final road trip of the season as they fall to the Angels 4-3. to Give you a chance to line up your phone calls. You can do that 833-625-2278. Looks like Chris Townsend ready to join us on the other side of this break. So 833-625-2278. If you want to jump in, get your phone calls. Talk about James Caprillian's outing as we're watching to see if he can build some consistency and some of the young players, also Tony Kemp's defense. So get your calls in line. Tony and I will take those and talk a little A's baseball on the other side as we continue on A's Clubhouse. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly, cookies and milk, Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. If that last one caught you off guard, it shouldn't, because Kaiser Permanente has been helping keep Oakland healthy since our very beginning. And as the official healthcare partner of the Oakland A's, that won't be changing anytime soon. Whatever you may need, you can trust Kaiser Permanente to help keep you feeling your best. Kaiser Permanente, thrive. Visit kp.org today. Here comes the pitch. Johnson's dialing in with Ring Central. Smart move. Ring Central lets you call, meet, and message all from the same app. Johnson is really stepping up this quarter. She moves to share her screen. And the client loves the presentation. An excellent play by Johnson with the assist from Ring Central. With Ring Central, you can talk to anyone, anytime, all from the same app. Ring Central, simpler communications. Who's feeling pretty good about the car they drive right now? Ask anyone who owns a Honda. I love my Honda CRV. I'd recommend a Honda to anybody. Pricing? I mean, for what you get, it's amazing. According to JD Power, Honda's the number one brand for residual value. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your NorCal Honda dealer today. Based on JD Power US ALG 36 month residual value forecast for 2022 mainstream models. For JD Power 2022 award info, visit jdpower.com/awards. Visit norcalhondadealers.com. Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based on what it takes to help your company win. And that's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflows, managing documents, and providing the best-in-class office technology. Make your championship decision with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. That's ubeo.com. Hinder, it's a deep drive to left. Ruff is going back at the track, turning around at the wall. He'll turn and watch it fly. You're listening to A's Cast. 
and it's hit high and deep to right. Back is Meadows to the track in the shadows, looks up, and it is gone. A majestic drive from Seth Brown with two outs against Michael Fulmer, and the A's are back ahead 5-3. to three. This is the A's Clubhouse Show. Welcome into the A's Clubhouse Show. Joe Hughes and Chris Townsend with you tonight. And you want to get your calls in? 833-625-2278 is the phone number as the A's drop tonight's game to the Angels 4-3. As Townie joins us now, and Chris, we've been talking about it for a couple weeks, about uh, the starting pitcher tonight for the A's, James Caprillion, trying to see if he might be able to build some consistency and kind of show the A's that he can be a bit more than what we saw from him at the beginning of this year. He's really been working hard to that. Kind of a mixed result tonight because overall it's six innings, just three earned runs allowed, but 10 hits doesn't walk anybody well, which is important. And over the three September starts, he's got a 2.37 ERA with just five runs allowed in 19 innings. So, Kind of hard to say that he necessarily built on his last performance because that was a really strong outing, finally breaking through and going seven. But, you know, uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a discouraging outing from James Caprillion, although it's not certain you just kind of pat him on the back and say, good job, bud. You, you really nailed it tonight. Wasn't it kind of a, a, a weird game where the A's come out, they score the three, it could have been four. Uh, with what happened with Pache at the plate, running through that stop sign. We can get into that a little bit later. And then you're up 3 nothing, and then here comes the Halos. They score three, and you're starting to think, man, Sandoval and Cap, and this is going to be – this this game could be ugly, right? It could be one of those where – and then all of a sudden, no runs in the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, and they break – they break – uh, they break it open with one to make it four to three, and then it was ball game over. Very strange. It was all in that second inning. I mean, in the end, if you get six and three at a cap, I guess you got to be happy. Uh, Dave Stewart was grilling it into me that, you know, other than the double to really get the scoring going in the second inning by Ford, who ripped it into the gap in the right center gap, Everything was either hit off the end of the bat or hit more towards the label. He pitched off the barrel tonight. It was a lot of hits, but it was a lot of soft hits. It's kind of like uh, you don't love it, but in the end, when you look at the box score, you go, not bad. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. And I think you're right. We talked about this with Ken before you joined us. It really did feel in that second inning, like you said, it was going to be the start of one of these games that's going to wind up being like nine to six or, you know, yeah. like 11 to, you know, eight or something like that. And then nothing. It was so surprising the way that second inning kind of unfolded. And you start to think, okay, this is what the game's going to be. And then not at all after that. But, you know, for Caprillion tonight, you know, he did okay keeping his velocity up. You know, that's something you kind of watch for him. You know, he started off the game and he was throwing 95 and, you know, getting close to 96 miles an hour. But, by that fifth inning, it was dropping down a little bit, but only about a mile. You know, sometimes when we see him really struggle, he starts a game at 95, and by the time that they're ready to pull him out of the game, he's throwing 92, 91, maybe 93. But, you know, he's done a better job, at least as of late, being able to keep that velocity up and more consistent. And I, I think that's a big thing for him. Obviously, the control, you know, he knew early this year he was walking way too many people. So no walks tonight. I guess that's another encouraging thing. And, you know, 
I'll take Dave Stewart's impression about how the hits were because there were so many of them to keep track of tonight. There were some hard hit ones, as you mentioned. You know, I, I think Otani and Trout had a couple balls that were flying off the bat, at, you know, 95 miles an hour against Caprillion. But overall, you know, he got Mike Trout to strike out swinging and, you know, in some damage and a threat there in the second inning. So there's a good thing for, for James Caprillion. We know he's got the confidence. We know he's kind of got that mental edge and he feels like he can go and do this. I think, you know, like we talked about for him, it's showing that he is making up that gap in development after having those injury years and, you know, the pandemic kind of kept him some development because he's older than a prospect. He's got the time in the big leagues and it's, you know, this is the time when you need to establish yourself and say, hey, this is who I am. I'm a starting pitcher. I'm going to go give you six, no more than three or four runs you know, and become that guy that maybe fills out the back of a rotation, you know, certainly not maybe your, your dominant one or two, but you've got five guys. And like you always talk about, you're really going to have to have 10, you know, where does James Caprillion slot into that for next year? And I think it's going to be important for him to put some starts together consistently that show, Hey, I've turned a corner. This is who I'm going to be. Yeah. You just mentioned it. And I really think it's something that even though, like, I like to bring up his age, and I know people may say, God, why is he always bringing up Cap's age? It's because I want everybody to know that he's not a young pitcher age-wise. He is right in the middle of his prime. But from a development standpoint, he really is young. You know, all those years, you know, when he gets drafted by the Yankees in the first round, I want to say he was the 15th pick at a, at a UCLA, you know, they saw him as a front-line you know, a one, a two type starter, and then he gets hurt, and then he continues to get hurt and continues to rehab, and he has setbacks. And when he finally gets with the A's and finally gets healthy and he's finally ready to rock, COVID hits, and then he's sitting in San Jose at the alternate site, it's like all these years of development. All these years to learn how to get stronger and to pitch and to be the guy and to be an ace-like guy and to be in the big leagues as a younger pitcher. It's like he was robbed of all of that. And then, you know, now it's like last year was a development year, got to learn to pitch at the big league level, and then starts the season uh, on the IL. It's like he's never had this long extended period of time to learn how to pitch and to be the guy. And here we are at 28, going to be 29 in March as we're in spring training. And you just wonder, he looks like he can be that guy. It's just he doesn't know how to yet. And as you mentioned, great, zero walks. But the problem is five strikeouts and ten hits leads to 102 pitches in six innings. We live in a world, Joe, that we're terrified. I'm not, you're not, but for some reason they have settled and there is zero science behind this, okay? There's not an orthopedic surgeon in the world who's going to say, yep, they can't pitch more than 100 or they should pitch 95 or they should pitch 90. They don't have a pitch count. For some reason, baseball has settled on this even number 100. I don't know why it's not 95, 90, 80, 115. I, I, they've just said at 100 pitches, it's panic time. So knowing that, for you to get through seven innings, 100 pitches, you can't walk a ton of guys, 
And really, you can't strike out a ton of guys because strikeouts means you're going to have a high pitch count pretty quick. So looking at cap, no walks, but when you give up 10 hits and you strike out five, drives up the pitch count. So for all of these guys, and maybe with the pitch clock coming in, making guys work faster, and maybe that, you know, what we see in the minor leagues, it makes them get into more of a rhythm and throw more, more strikes. Maybe we'll see pitchers go deeper into games to 100 pitches, seven innings, maybe into the eighth inning. Maybe, just maybe. But in a world now where we start to panic once we get to 85, 90 pitches and how long we're going to pitch this guy, problem for Cap, he gets there so fast. Yeah, and, you know, it was interesting because – you saw the A's bullpen start to get up there in the fifth inning with Caprillion on there. And you're starting to think, okay, at that point, I think his pitch count was in the seventies. You know, I think it was 72 starting out that inning and you're already thinking, all right, well, the A's are already thinking about going out to get him. And that's where I think the velocity is important for him. Cause if he can show, he can keep that velocity up and show Mark Kotze and, you know, show Scott Emerson that, Hey guys, I still got my stuff. I can still go out there and do this. If he's not getting into trouble, I think that's where you see him get a little bit more leeway. And I know he was frustrated by that earlier in the year, but if he's keeping his velocity within maybe a mile or two of where he started the game and we don't see it drop all the way to you know 91 after he starts a game at 95, 96, that they're going to give him that trust to say, all right, go ahead. You can go out there for the sixth inning instead of pulling him after, say, 70 pitches or 80 pitches. They, they did let him get out there. I know, you know, the 102, but... They did let him go back out there for that sixth inning, not just that his pitch count was getting high because it obviously wasn't, but his velocity was staying pretty consistent. And I think that's something that they're monitoring because if he was going down to 91, 92 miles an hour, I think they would go get him after 78 pitches instead of letting him go back out there for the sixth. Think about what we saw on Saturday with DeGrom. He got to 80 pitches in four innings. And if this is not the greatest example of if the Ferrari is not running perfectly, you got to put it back in the shop, right? He's at only 80 pitches, but he can't pitch more than 80 pitches. But no, he got roughed up a little bit. He said 80 pitches. It's four innings. Get him out now. And it's like he is not allowed to have to battle and have any adversity. If Jacob deGrom doesn't go out there for six innings and have 10 to 12 strikeouts and blow you away, you have to pull him early. That was so telling on Saturday with what we saw. And it really is, unfortunately, what these front offices want and the future of pitching is for you to get into, like, the seventh inning, you basically have to be perfect. The pitch count has to be super low. You can't give up uh, You can't give up runs. And that's just not a real world. I mean, pitchers are going to give up runs. If you pitch every five days and you get 30-plus starts, at some point you're going to give up some runs. But we used to allow guys to give up runs, and they kept pitching because this is what they do. And you allowed them to pitch, and you allowed them to get to 110, 115, hell, 120. Now, I mean, Jacob DeGrom gives up a couple runs, and he's at 80 pitches, and it's panic, and you got to get him out. And we're saying this is the best pitcher in baseball? I mean, this, that's just how far we have switched on how we feel pitching should go, especially starting pitching. So when I get into it with these young kids and they say, ah, the win doesn't matter, I'm like, you know, we're beyond the win. Basically, innings don't matter to you. All you care about, low volume and be as good as you can for not very long. Strike out everybody you face for four or five innings, six innings tops. 
You know, the year I've been, I've been actually ever since I saw the outing on Saturday, I've been starting to do a deep dive onto Grom's numbers because I've had him thrown in my face so much about how great he is, and I'm missing the boat. You know, the the second year he won the Cy Young, he barely got 200 innings. He didn't throw one complete game. He only pitched eight innings once. You'd be shocked. And the games he lost where people said, oh, it's not his fault. It's not his fault that he lost because so many games the Mets didn't score. There were a lot of those. those he had eight losses that year, and the majority of them but one were all like four or five-inning starts. Think about that. We're calling the guy the best pitcher in the game, and he's got a bunch of starts where he goes four or five innings. It's crazy. Hey, you can't be the best pitcher in the game and not even be able to beat the A's right now. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, you can't but, yeah. go more than four innings. I mean, he's beyond the in injury. It was, what, his 11th or 12th start? You're beyond the injury. You can't go more than 40 pit. You can't go more than four innings and 80 pitches against the A's, one of the worst offenses in baseball, and you're the best pitcher in hey, baseball? Way, uh wow. Were you watching that game expecting, like, I, I was watching that, that game, watching what the A's were doing against Jacob DeGrom, and the whole time I was expecting to find out after the game, we are going to hear, like, yeah, his back started to lock up there in the second inning, you know, like, some kind of injury excuse, like, oh, his shoulders started to get just a little bit tight. I was really expecting to hear something from the Mets side after the game to kind of rain on the parade, the hit parade that the A's had going on Saturday against Jacob DeGrom, and I was really glad to see we, we didn't have that, because obviously, you know, you don't want anyone to get hurt or anything like that, but... The way the A's were getting to him, you know, I, I think a lot of people, you know, myself included, yeah. were thinking, okay, it's a good call. going to get a chance against this guy. Yeah, like, it's a really good call, Joe. I didn't think about that. I mean, yeah, I, um, I mean, obviously, I did the post game show. I was just happy to take it to him. But yeah, that's a really good call by you. Like there'd be an excuse, like ah, you know, a little stiffness, and he had trouble in the bullpen warming up, just a little stiff, but nothing to worry about. Well, he's gonna make his next start, but kind of an excuse why he only went four innings, eighty pitches against arguably um, worst three, one of the worst three lineups in the game. Yeah, that's a good call. You th yeah, I wouldn't have been shocked if there was like, well, you know, we just want to take him out, precaution. I mean, nothing to really worry right. about, but he was just, you know, he wasn't feeling at his best. But it, it really just goes to show you, like, it's like these starting pitchers are now like high-performance sports cars. And if you get that Lamborghini or you get that uh, you get that Ferrari out on the road and it's not running just perfectly, man, you want to pull that thing back in the shop. You don't want to let it go and grind a little bit. It's kind of sad, but that's really where we were. I don't know. I mean, you look at a guy like Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins – to hell with that. He wants to go eight or nine innings. He's keeping the baseball. You're not see that I've always kind of wondered that about DeGrom. Like, why does he make it so easy for them to pull him? To where we're looking at Sandy down in Miami. This guy was, you know, he looks at Don Mattingly and says, Don't you even think about coming out here to take me out? So there's also a mentality part to it, also, about, you know, certain pitchers that get taken out early. Um, and I and I'm not trying to pick on Degrom, even though I am, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a lot. <laughs> you got to remember the people who vote for the Cy Young Awards. They're writers in different towns, so they don't see everybody's starts. They don't see everybody else's games. We follow our own team, and then we're like voyeurs for the rest of the league. We see highlight shows and we read about it, so we don't really do deep dives into everybody. 
when you start doing deep dives into people, you really find out a lot of information you didn't know. I bet I bet that little those little nuggets I gave you on DeGrom you didn't know about. You know, I just because like you said, we just you follow those things when you hear about how good those guys are in those other leagues, but unless your team or at least the team you're following plays those guys, you don't see them that often. You don't yep. think about it too much and you know, you want some examples about that? Like, think about a guy like Juan Soto for years. You kind of just know the shorthand is that he's a really, really good player. But you don't really know how good those guys are until they come here. I'll give you an example about that is Mark Kotze, when he came here as a player, you'd heard that he was pretty good defensively, but he was really one of those guys that you had to watch play every single day to really appreciate how good a player he really is. Because, you know, Mark Kotze wasn't a star like a Juan Soto or anything like that. But once you got to see him day in and day out and the way that he was able to get to his spot defensively and kind of park there before the ball had a chance to land and, you know, the way he would grind out at bats and have, you know, good hits and things like that, you really didn't see that knowing he was just a good player. And obviously this is, you know, early when he comes to the A's. So it's not like you can just go to the at bat app and watch his highlights all the time. But that's the thing. I mean, you look at guys, even in your own division that can come to your team through a trade or something like that, and maybe make you think about them, who they are different. So we'll get to your phone calls. I see some, uh, some calls out there. I see Bruce in Newport, Oregon, a first time caller in the line. I see Greg in San Luis Obispo. First time caller. We got to get to the we got to get to the first time right caller. Now? Oh, yeah. You want to? All right. Well, well, the break is on hold because you got a first time caller. We're going to head out there right now. Calling in from Oregon. Bruce checking in for the first time on A's cast. Joe Hughes and Chris Townsend. And Bruce, what's going on, man? What finally prompted you to call in tonight and talk a little A's baseball? Um, I've been listening to you guys for the last two years and, uh, you know, this season has been a little rough, but um, I've I've enjoyed it. You know, seeing some of these new guys come up, um, seeing that they battle. There hasn't been a lot of, like, low outs. And uh, just wanted to say that uh, if we're going to keep some people, I think we need to keep vote as a coach. And um, I think we need to keep Pinder and Kemp for leadership and just the hustle that they provide. But, um, you know, I've enjoyed the season regardless of the record. Regardless of the outcome. So, yeah. <laughs> well, Bruce, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, like it. It's a good, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, any of these young guys that really stuck out to you guys that you're really excited about, whether it's like a Shea Langoliers or maybe a Nick Allen with what he can well, do with yeah, his defense. Langoliers has been really good. Um, Allen at short, great defensive plays. Yeah, his batting needs to get a little better, but you know, give him another season. All this, all this is just good experience for him. And um, yeah, I've just been enjoying listening to the games. I enjoy the clubhouse, the pregame A's cast. Because up here in Oregon, that's about all I get. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I don't get any TV. So, no, that's awesome. Um, just kudos to you guys. Well, we appreciate it, so, Bruce. We don't get enough kudos calls, but, you know, there's no amount that we could get that would be enough for Chris and I. But I appreciate the call, man. And don't be a stranger, man. Feel free to call back in anytime. And if 
you want to call in and join Bruce and be a first-time caller, 833-625-2278. We're up against the clock right now, but we will get to Greg in San Luis Obispo and Jeff on the Mendocino Coast. We'll get to you on the other side. We'll step aside for a short break. A's fall to the Angels 4-3 to to start off their final road trip, but we'll take your calls and talk about some of the positives, including a guy like Shea Langoliers, as we roll along here on A's Clubhouse. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's lastdivebar.com. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. You're driving along and some nimrod cuts you off. You hit the horn. (laughs) Jeez, it sounds like a goose in distress. Time to head over to eBay Motors. They have horns for every make and model, not to mention horn pads, steering wheels, wiring, and more. 122 million parts. You can even go for an upgrade. (laughs) Looks like Mr. Cutoff Man needs a new seat cover. Try eBay Motors, pal. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors. Let's ride. Trust the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to recommend the best products for your car. Like five quarts of Mobile One Full Synthetic, now just $33.95, plus earn double O rewards points. Extend the life of your vehicle, improve performance, and protect your engine against sludge and wear with Mobile One Full Synthetic at O'Reilly Auto Parts and O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based on what it takes to help your company win. And that's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflows, managing documents, and providing the best-in-class office technology. Make your championship decision with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. That's ubeo.com. You and Buddy are enjoying your walk when... Yeah, I smell that too. (laughs) I know, don't blame it on the dog. I hear that hissing too. Maybe it's a cat. No, dude. A sulfur-like odor and hissing can be signs of a natural gas leak. Natural gas lines can be buried anywhere. If you suspect a leak, leave immediately and call 911 and Southwest Gas. Thanks, Deep Voice Narrator. You're welcome, dude. You too, buddy. Is there a calculator that can't compute in your kitchen drawer? Recycle it at Staples. A shredder that won't shred under your bed? Or a collection of cables cluttering up your closet? Recycle them now at Staples. With Staples Free Tech Take Back, we'll recycle your old tech free. Plus, rewards members get $5 back in rewards. So if you have modems, mice, and mobile phones making a mess of your home, recycle them now at Staples. Limit one reward per month. Redeemable in-store only. Exclusions apply. Visit staples.com slash recycling for details. Here comes the pitch. Johnson's dialing in with Ring Central. Smart move. Ring Central lets you call, meet, and message all from the same app. Johnson is really stepping up this quarter. She moves to share her screen. And the client loves the presentation. An excellent play by Johnson with the assist from Ring Central. With Ring Central, you can talk to anyone, anytime, all from the same app. Ring Central, simpler communications. 
At Napa, when you take care of your ride, we take care of you. That's why a $25 digital gift card can be yours when you buy 10 quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic Motor Oil products at Napa Auto Parts. That's a reward for rewarding your ride and a way to treat yourself after treating your motor. So give your ride the premium motor oil it deserves and get rewarded in return. Offer ends 10-31-22. Void where prohibitive. Terms apply. For complete details, visit pennzoil.com slash rewards. Hey, A's fans. You know that running your own business is a slugfest every day. That's why businesses have been counting on Mechanics Bank since 1905. From operating lines of credit to equipment and real estate loans, they can help build your lineup to meet today's challenges and prepare for tomorrow's opportunities. Stop by your local branch or visit mechanicsbank.com today. Mechanics Bank, the official East Bay Bank of the Oakland A's. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. All loans subject to program eligibility and credit approval. Now batting, Xfinity Internet. It's made to do anything so you can do anything. Supercharge your home with incredibly fast and powerful supersonic Wi-Fi. With three times more bandwidth, it covers all the bases and then some. And strike out billions of threats with advanced security that helps keep you safe at home and on the go. If you're keeping score, that's Internet that does it all. That's unbeatable internet from Xfinity, proud partner of the Oakland Athletics. Restrictions apply, not available in all areas. You're listening to the A's Clubhouse Show. Welcome back to the A's Clubhouse Show. Joe Hughes and Chris Townsend with you after the A's 4-3 loss to the Angels. Kind of a bizarre game where... Most of the action happened in the second inning. Both teams getting three runs, and that was about it. 3-3 for most of the game before the Angels finally broke through in the bottom of the eighth against A.J. Puck scratching across what turned out to be the deciding run of that game as the A's dropped the first game of this final road trip of the season. And one final segment to get your phone calls in as we're going to head out to the phone calls right now in a minute as talking in a little A's baseball. Before we jump out to the phone lines, let's give our stations a chance to identify themselves along the Oakland Athletics Radio Network. A's cast, streaming on iHeartRadio and broadcasting locally on Bloomberg 960, KNEW Oakland and KOSF 103.7 FM HD2 San Francisco. Now that the business is out of the way, let's get to the phone calls as the A's fall to the Angels 4-3. Joe Hughes and Chris Townsend with you here on A's Cast, and we're going to start with the first in line, and that is Greg in San Luis Obispo, who is worried about the A's pitching going forward. What's going on, Greg? Vegas Joe, what's cracking, brother? How, how you doing? What's up, Townie? How you guys doing tonight? What's happening? Uh, we're doing okay. Well, unfortunately, I'm not like the first-time caller, Bruce in Oregon, that's uh, enjoyed the season. Um, no. If you ask me. I'm so shocked. Surprise, huh, Townie? Shocking. I, yeah, I, just, I seriously. <laughs> um, you know, James Cap. I mean, I think the last time we called, it was the same, pretty much the same call, except he had better results. You know, Cap pitched really well, but the inconsistency continues, and um, I think he's a microcosm for this whole staff going forward. I mean, I've kind of written off next year as far as you know, the A's aren't going to compete. I, th- I think we can all pretty much agree on that. But if you're going to try to sell me on a Cole Irvin-led staff, I'm just not buying. I, I mean, he's, what is he, 9-13 and 13 with an over-4 ERA? Um, the young kids that we got fr- from the Yankees, I mean, th- there's something there. But, but again, I'm not jumping for joy when I look up and Waldachuk's got a 7 ERA. You know, Sears has a 5.36 ERA. 
Um, you're going to sell me on Paul Blackburn having a good half season. You know, his whole career has been journeyman. You know, but basically he's, he's been a, an up-and-down taxi guy between the minors and the majors. So I just – there's not a lot of optimism specifically for the pitching. I won't get into the offense and, and that whole thing tonight because we don't got enough time, obviously. But, again, selling me on the staff going forward, you know, I'm, I'm just not a buyer. And, I, and, and it's your guys' job to sell me. So let's hear it. Technically, they never told me that was in my job description. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get – You always talk about satisfy the customer. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't get – like, if you're sold, I don't get extra money. I, it's, I don't work on commissions, so it doesn't do me any good. The data uh, doesn't lie. Yeah, thank you, Scott Emerson. See, did you see Scott Emerson wearing Stan Smith tonight? That was, uh, <laughs> that was interesting. Um <laughs> What can I sell you? Well, I mean, you're not gonna. I mean, we're not. We're not going out here in any way going to tell you that you're going to be looking at one of the top rotations. And hell, we don't even know what the bullpen will look like. I guess what you can say is there is potential, and potential is a loaded and dangerous word, but there is potential that if you said things went the A's way. And things have to go every – any team that you look at, things have to go their way for it to be good. But if things go the A's way, they could find a group of arms that could keep them somewhat competitive, at least from a pitching standpoint. I have no clue how they're going to score runs. I have no clue what the lineup's going to look like. I have no clue what the defense is going to look like. But if you said, okay, Cole Irvin builds off what he's done the last two years – uh, once again, we're saying if things go the right way, if Paul Blackburn maybe doesn't pitch as well as he did before the All-Star game but gave you good outings and was competent, and you start to look at caps a little bit better, and next thing you know, you start rounding off with a Sears, a Walter, Chuck, a Martinez, and a bunch of different guys that we've seen this year. I, I could give you, I could at least sell you if you want to be sold. There is a chance to be competitive. That's just a reality. Could it could it all go wrong? Sure, but a lot could go right too. So if you want to sell job, they could be somewhat competitive from a starting pitching standpoint. Offense, I can't give you that. Yeah, and if you want to sell it, you know, I'll give you this too because you mentioned some of the guys that are here right now. You mentioned JP Sears and you talk about, you know, Waldachuk. Those are the the first to arrive, but the A's have been looking at, at pitching big time, and a lot of the guys that they were high on, some of the guys that they got back in those trades, those were guys that came back with injuries, so they really didn't get to see much. Gunnar Hogland is a guy that uh, the A's are hoping for. JT Genn is a guy that may be able to, to come around in, in 2023, and a guy that we saw in the rotation start to look good before he got hurt at the end is a guy that had all the great stuff but had a kind of a tough year between his ears and that's Adam Aller, you know, another guy that they got back in that trade with the Mets. So there are some arms that the A's are high on that they're hoping those are the guys that can take the leap because you start looking at a young team and you start saying, all right, well, who are, who are the guys that can take the leap? And, you know, most of the A's young prospects, the guys that you're kind of circling, those are position players, guys like Langoliers, who's up right now. You know, you've got Zach Eloff and Tyler Sodomstrom, who's down at AAA, and those are guys that you got circled. Those are position players, and, you know, really, outside of Gunnar Hogland and, and JT again, 
It's going to see if you can find a gym somewhere else. You know, and that's usually the way that it works out as somebody that you might not have counted on. And, you know, that's why you're watching a James Caprillion to see, you know, if he can face this challenge and start to define himself because somebody's going to have to fill out this rotation. And, you know, Chris talks about it all the time. It's going to wind up being 10 guys, and the A's really have that many guys right now. But you're going to have to have somebody kind of make that leap. And if it is Ken Waldachuk, who probably has the highest ceiling of guys that we're going to see right away, great. You know, is it going to be JT again? Is it going to be Gunnar Hogland? And who's going to be the guy to take the leap? Remember, Frankie Montas was a guy for a long time that seemed like he was a little lost. Finally took that leap and had his stuff kind of become more consistent. Who's that going to be? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. There are candidates, but we're going to have to wait and see. Well, before the trade deadline, Chris Townsend made a great point. It's something that I agree with. And, 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 it, and when we talked about the emphasis before the deadline. Did that hurt really you to say that? Something. Did it hurt you to say that Townie made a great point? Were you okay saying that? Not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, me, me and Townie agree more than you think, Vegas Joe. We, we, you know, we're, uh, we're two sharpshooters that sometimes just like to butt heads just for the fun of it. But no, <laughs> um, the Frankie Montas deal, the emphasis on that and getting something really quality for Frankie. Chris had made a great point that, like, I think it's fair to kind of be a little scared about the haul that we got for the Olsen and the Chapman. You know, it's fair to – I don't want to say question what we got back, but it was fair to be a little bit scared because, you know, the Kevin Smiths and, you know, the, you know, the, uh, the Kirby, the, the Kirby Sneed, or as I like to call them, Kirby Smarts. You know, the, these guys, you know, we've got a lot of pitching in our recent trades. So if the pitching doesn't really work out, that's a really scary thing because I think out of all the, the players that we got in, in, in our return for these halls, what did I see? Like 10 of the 15 guys that we got in return were pitchers. So, again, it's, it's a point that I agree with that, like, you know, it, it's, I think it's fair to be a little bit, you know, rattled, I guess, besides Langleyers. Um, what did we get for Olsen and Chapman? I mean, what have we seen from that haul? Well, we've seen, you know, we've seen, you know, Langleyers. You know, we've seen Pache hit a buck sixty. I mean, it, it's 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 kind of one of those things where, you know, and me and Chris argued about this. The draft coming up in the draft. Do we want to go that route? Do we want to lose a hundred games four straight years? Well, no, of course we don't. But it's I, I think it's kind of fair when when you look at you know, as you mentioned, Joe, you know, Soderstrom and you know and, and Geloff. I, I would have liked to have seen those guys this year. You know, I, I don't think that we saw enough, you know, again, to kind of boost my confidence. And, you know, I don't matter. I'm just a fan sitting on my couch. But I would have liked to have seen those guys this year and give them a taste. And then, and then who knows how they do in spring training. Maybe they come out in spring training and, and, and kill it if they could have got a cup of coffee this year. So it, it's just kind of my overview, I guess, of things. Like, I guess I kind of went from pitching to prospects to the hall for Olsen and Chapman. I was kind of all over the place. But, I, I, again, I think that the, the, those are fair points. And it's, you know – it, it, it's just it's it's concerning because I'm looking past next year. You know, next year we're kind of just going eh. Let's just hope to be better than we were this year. But you know, 24, 25. I mean, where are we going to be at? I guess it's tough to say because of the you know obviously the pending decision with you know the port and you know the new stadium. So there's there's a lot that goes into it, and I get that. And uh, you know, really the only thing I can hang my hat on is you guys in the, in the clubhouse show. You know, well, you, get, you guys don't get enough kudos. You get kudos from me, 100%. I love I, you guys. We, we got problems if we're uh, hanging our hat on that. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, so much of what we are talking about when we talk future is, and it's what's paralyzed everything, is this decision of what's going to happen 
are we going to have a binding agreement with a date that has shovels in the ground? And now, because basically we've just been wandering through the desert, right, looking for water. That's what we've been doing. And at some point, if we are to believe, and we've been told by multiple people that there is going to be some type of decision, that the wandering in the desert can't happen anymore. The A's don't want it. Major League Baseball certainly doesn't want it. And really, the city doesn't want it. So this thing's coming to a head. So we're going to find out. And, and, and like any business, whether it's baseball or whatever business you're in, when all of a sudden there is now a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and you can say, yes, a deal is done. Yes, then is this is when it's going to happen. This is when there's going to be shovels in the ground. This is the ballpark. This is who designs it. This is who the construction company is. This, I mean, once that stuff starts to happen, there gets to be momentum. There gets to be excitement. And then whether it's ownership, whether it's front offices, I mean, we can see it with how it happened with the San Francisco Giants. The San Francisco Giants, while they were going through that process, all of a sudden, if you remember, like, 96, they were awful. They are in last place. Bonds went 40 for 40. No one cared. He was just stealing bases just to get to 40-40. It was a bad year. But all of a sudden, you know, you really saw that Pac Bell Park was going to happen. There was a new energy, even though they were playing at Candlestick Park, the worst ballpark ever known to man and the most freezing cold place ever. But there – if we get a yes, Oakland, yes, here's a date, yes, shovels in the ground, the spirit, the energy, everything will change. But this right now, we know it will happen, but it has to happen. And until that happens, we are just wandering through the desert looking for water without answers. But once there's decisions truly finally made – now now you'll get an energy, you'll get a boost, you'll get a whole new thing, and that will change, Greg, the conversations that we have. Because then all of a sudden now there'll be expectations. Right now, what's the expectations? The expectations are, I don't know. We, we've been living in I don't know for years. Once we get rid of the I don't know and we can say, okay, this. once we start dates, timelines, and everything, I believe a lot will change when it comes with this organization. Well, did you guys read the recent article in the Review Journal? Because that is doesn't again. You, I don't know what to believe anymore. But some of the quotes that I saw, city officials, and I, I mean, it's, it's the Review Journal, so Vegas is going to spin it their way, obviously. But it, it just came out, and I read it on Monday, and it just it it just seems like we're running out of time. You know, we're just running out of time here. I mean, the you know the. Well, you know, I will just tell you this is like I I know how hard it can be to kind of read between the lines there. But just look at that. You know, Vegas has been a leverage play for the A's for a long time and they play hardball and it's worked. You know, the negotiations are going to continue on this week because we're running up against that deadline to try and get a deal voted on by the end of the year. It doesn't mean that they won't keep negotiating, but to get something signed, sealed and delivered they're going to keep working through that. And, you know, why this is going to be a big week to watch is they're kind of coming up against that, you know, artificial deadline. That's when things happen is right near the deadline. That's when deals get done, when there are these things. There's a reason that they have them. And so you're going to be watching that. And, you know, you're going to hear quotes that people don't like and, you know, fans don't like to hear. But 
remember, you've heard that before. You've heard it leading up to this, and it usually is a good thing because it usually brings you know some progress in these negotiations because when we saw the A's do this for years when they were playing the good guy and be like, okay, we'll take our time, things didn't happen. They didn't move forward, and they got a little tougher. They used Major League Baseball to provide a little bit of leverage, and that has helped move this thing along because we know how complicated the project is. And we're seeing progress. So we're seeing, we talk about the players on the field, watching progress, watching them grow and see how they develop. But Chris is absolutely right. I mean, the stadium is another part of this. If you're watching them actually make that progress and solidifying the teams here in Oakland, that is every bit, if not way more important than any of the progress we're seeing from any of the, the players on the field. And Greg, I appreciate your call, man. I want to give a couple other people a chance before we get too late here into the night, but always appreciate catching up with you and talking a little A's baseball here on A's Clubhouse Show. Joe Hughes and Chris Townsend want to sneak in a couple more phone calls before we uh, finish it off for the night. We're going to head out to Jeff on the Mendocino Coast, who's been hanging on the longest. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, Joe and Tony. Um, yeah, as long as the uh, wandering through the desert doesn't become wandering to the desert and the light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> isn't a gas light at the end of the tunnel and they stay in Oakland, that's what we're all hoping for. And, and I hope things turn around when we find that out. I want to comment on uh, Tony Kemp tonight. He put the cat in catch tonight. And uh, leave those cats out there. They're doing some kind of secret training on how to catch the impossible catch. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that on the replays on the news tonight. I don't have NBC California where I'm at, unfortunately, uh, but I watch the highlights and hopefully they'll play it. I'm sure they will. Sounds like a really good play. And that DeGrom game, um, I've wondered about, uh, you know, whether uh, the A's had one of those nuggets and it was just the A's being the A's and, and scoring four in the first inning because that had never happened before to DeGrom. Uh, according to the statistics that I've heard on several presentations. So I thought that that was interesting, but uh, the A's did a hell of a you know classic Oakland Athletics game that day, and uh, it was enjoyable from the fans' per- perspective. I also listen uh, to most of your games on the radio. They're only occasionally on TV, and I look forward to those times, at least where I am not having a direct channel or Major League Baseball channel and all that. So I give kudos to you guys for painting those uh, pictures in the theater of the mind on radio, and uh, we can call it the ball field of the mind that uh, you guys do a great job on. Now, that DeGrom game, I'm concerned about the same thing that you are, Tony. I mean, when I was a kid, I got to see – um, Nolan Ryan as an angel and uh, Bill Singer and Don Drysdale, Sandy Koufax when I was a little kid. And uh, those guys, you know, they'd have 300 inning years and 20 game uh, years, and they'd be competing at over 20 games for the Cy Young Award. And I don't see from the current way things are going that we'll ever have pitchers like that again the way management is is running them into the ground like this and really less effective in the long run because they can't be as strong as uh, someone like Nolan Ryan or uh, some of the long-term pitchers that did that consistently for quite some time. And uh, it's really frustrating from an old-school fan's perspective to see the diminishment in the competitive aspect of the pitching game. No, yeah, I appreciate that. that. Je- 
Oh, I was just going to say, I appreciate that, Jeff, because it's a, it's a really good point there. And, you know, you brought a lot to the table, but Tony, I'll let you, you pick that up because you're, you're right. And you've been, I know you've been really kind of, you know, hitting this one hard, but you, you sit next to Dave Stewart. I mean, like Dave Stewart was a guy that you could count on to go out there every night and try to throw a complete game every single night that he was out there, even on nights that he was struggled. You know, he didn't want to come out of games and that was kind of the mentality, but you're absolutely right. It definitely has changed. And I'm wondering how that is going to be translated with some of these A's pitchers, because it seems like it's going to follow the trend we see throughout baseball. Yeah, but these guys who all act like they're the smartest guys in the room are really a bunch of copycats. And we see this in all the sports. As we always say, it's a copycat league. And if you work in baseball, you say that. If you work in football or basketball, you say it. It's a copycat league. So these the, these super smart people, they follow the trends inside the league. And they look at certain successful teams and they go, well, if they're doing it, we're going to do it. So, yeah, that's the way it is now. But there's no reason to say this is the way it always will be. And things can always change. I mean, what we're doing now is the commissioner's office, and I can't wait to go down to the winter meetings and bring this up to all these smart guys. Major League Baseball is literally legislating against front offices. They're literally legislating against these guys. Now, they can sit back and not take it personal and just say, hey, Give us the rules and we'll play by the rules. But we're changing the rules for what you've done to the game. You've made the game longer. You've made the game less exciting. You've made the game to where we have less less action. So what baseball is doing is they're putting in rules to combat what front offices have done to the game. And the front offices are going to have to change. Think about the amount of money that for the data that you've either employed people or you've paid for, the amount of money teams have spent on shifting and coming together with game plans and charts and how to, who to shift, how to shift, they've spent a lot of time and a lot of money on this, and baseball is basically killing their investment. It's going to be interesting to see how that pitch clock, too, starts to impact. I mean, there's going to be the shifts and now the pitch clock yeah. to see how that much how much of an impact that will have on how deep into game guys wind up going. I mean, there's going to be a lot of changes coming and you're going to see guys having to work faster. Maybe that means, you know, fewer strikeouts. Maybe that means more balls in play like baseball's hoping for. And maybe those balls in play gets us back to a, you know, an era where we're seeing guys go deeper into games. You know, we'll have to see how it all plays out, but it's going to be one of the, the fascinating wrinkles to watch as we get into uh, the new rules beginning next year. And, we're up against it, so I uh, want to move along to the next phone call, get a couple people that are in hold, and we're going to I see Mustang Matt there in Disco Bay. We'll get to you in a second, but first we're going to jump out to Halif in San Jose calling in here as we roll along on A's Clubhouse. What's going on, Halif? Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, well, thanks for calling, man. Since, uh, of course, yeah. I think last time I spoke with Chris, I think it was back in uh, 2016, I was so upset with Marcus Simeon, you know, before the All-Star game, saying, please, anybody else. But anyways, uh, 
Yeah, I just I went to a Giants game today. I brought one of my New York friends. He came to two A's games with me, so he had to drag me to a Giants game today. And it's just so good to be an A's fan, you know. It's just so good to be an A's fan. You go to that stadium, even if we have 10,000 people. I went to the Dave Stewart game, and, you know, you could think it was like 17,000. But people are into it. The conversations are baseball conversations mostly. I sat right behind the dugout. And, man, uh, one uh, when I went to the A's and Giants game out there at Oracle and I brought my flag and, you know, they told me, hey, you can't wave your flag unless it's between innings. You know, even when the A's got a hit, they wouldn't let me wave my flag. But one of my other uh, A's fans was there and uh, friends, and, you know, he said something that stuck to me. He's like, Giants fans are a bunch of Larrys. You know, I, and I just I, – I don't know what really that means, but I think it's so true. You know, it's, it's just so exciting to be an A's fan. I know they – they stink this year, and but it's just so good to be an A's fan. And I think this is the last team with that kind of true Bay Area culture. You know, people that really like baseball and like that that underdog mentality of that the Bay Area is known for. That's kind of got ruined with the tech boom and all that. I think the A's are the only team that can represent us the best. And I uh, just wanted to give a call and, and give you guys a shout out. And I hope to call more. I think I can make this show a little better. I think some of the guys that call have some takes that I, you know, I'm not a big fan on. You know. Maybe I got a little uh, bone to pick with Greg about Trevino and all his takes because Trevino is a good pitcher in 2018. If you look back at that wild card game, Trevino is the only good thing about that game and that Chris Davis homer. If, if Trevino wasn't in that game, it would have been a blown out, blowout. But anyways, thanks for taking my call. Go A's. It's sad the season's coming to an end. Love what you guys are doing and love that Vegas Joe's in the shows now with Townie. I hope to hear more from you, man. So appreciate it, guys. I appreciate it, man. And, uh, you know, I'll give you a funny story, Tony, before we get out of here. Is, uh, this was back when I was uh, covering the Giants, and uh, I was covering a Giants-A's Battle of the Bridge series in San Francisco. And, you know, we, you got to get there early. We get there, you know, three hours, four hours before a game starts. And they had all the ushers, all the ticket takers were there uh, getting ready, and they were giving them a pregame speech about how to handle A's fans, saying these guys are going to bring drums, they're going to bring flags, they might bring a trumpet. You're just going to let it go. I know normally we don't allow that here, but for these games against the A's, we do allow it. So just be prepared. You're going to see this. You're going to hear a lot of noise with A's fans. And I just cracked up walking in there, just hearing the Giants, you know, getting prepared for the A's fans to take over their stadium. And this was, you know, years ago when the A's were up and the Giants were down. But it's always fun just kind of watching when those uh, two fan bases kind of interact. You can't have a flag at uh, Oracle Park. You can't do a lot of things that you can get away with at the Oakland Coliseum. I can put it that way. Really? Yeah, they, they limit it. You know, they're really big on, you know, when you can even walk down the aisles. And, you know, that makes sense, especially, you know, you don't want to block it. But they'll hold people back to make sure that you're going there in between a batter. They'll hold you back. They've got a lot of it's, – it's pretty strict. You know, it's kind of stuffed shirt and, you know, it, it's earned its reputation. It's, it's certainly looser out in the bleachers, but – you know, especially in those lower levels, they won't let you have the flags. They won't let you have the drums, but they do allow it when the A's come to town. That's about all I can tell you. Oh man, that's that's I I, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. We could do a different show on that. But make me oh. hate them even more, Joe. <laughs> Uh, one final call before we get out of here tonight. We're going to check in with Disco Bay Mustang Matt. And I know you got some nice weather out here in Disco Bay right now. So give us a, get us out of here. Be our final call tonight as uh, we enjoy, uh, you know, not enjoy, I guess, but there was some positive for the A's tonight. You talk about Tony Kemp's defense, Nick Allen's defense, and those were some of the highlights that really stood out. What's going on, Mustang Matt? 
Nothing much, gentlemen. Just uh, in, enjoying. I just got done with my pool league about 45 minutes ago. Listening to you guys on my drive back. Get me across Vasco back home to Disco Bay. <clears throat> and, um, you know, for me, I, I think the, the, the biggest, the biggest concern I have, I, I think managing expectation for those of us that are that are diehard longtime A's fans. We need to understand that this is the start of the rebuild, not the end of the rebuild. We've got plenty of we've got plenty of talent that left. We know that the front office didn't spend hardly any money, I think seven or eight hundred thousand for coach, and he's retiring this year. Um, then we've got we've got a bunch of players that we didn't really know much about. Then saw them on the field. Some are struggling mightily. Others are you know playing defensive roles. Others are showing us really strong numbers as far as um, you know the offensive production. And but it's a small sample size. You know we're still looking at you know to start being competitive. And I I think competitive being between eighty and ninety wins. I expect us to be competitive in 2024, like second half of 2024, and then we're making a big push in 2025 to 2028. And I, I just, you know, this is a time when we know that it's going to take some years to, to build back up. Um, I'd be very interested to see, you know, what what kind of money is going to be spent next year so it doesn't just look like we're, you know, tanking because we're not – we're not tanking this year, but it kind of looks like we are. The The players are trying hard. You know, they're doing as best they can. The coaching staff is dealing with, you know, the, the lot of players that they were given. They're like, here you go. You know, I, I, I really felt bad when I knew that Bo Mel was taken off. And then Kate comes in. I'm like, man, this is a really, really tough situation to step into as a first-year manager because you know that there's – you know, less than $45 million on the payroll. There's a bunch of unknowns, you know. So for me, this is the, this is the time as a fan that I know that this is the start of the foundation of going forward for the next few years. As far as the stadium's concerned, I, right now I couldn't care less. I, until until someone, someone taps me on the shoulder and goes, hey, look, they're putting that shovel in the ground over there and they're starting it. I don't care. It's just not – it's not something I've been dealing with, you know, are we going to get a new stadium for over two decades? More than half of my life, they've been trying to figure out where they're going to play baseball. I hope that things transpire, but for right now, um, it's not a thing for me. So, you know, when we look at the team and, you know, I was hoping we could try to dodge 100 wins or 100 losses. Obviously, I don't think that's going to happen this year. But you know what? There's there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of time for development. There's plenty of unknown because I mean, let's face it: when you don't know about a player or or how a team's going to gel, then that means that there's a reason to turn on the game. How are you going to support the team going forward? How are the players going to develop? Who's going to be that that uh, stable horse in the in the bullpen? Who's going to be the the front runner in the rotation? Who's going to be a two, three, four hitter, you know, for us in two years? We don't know. And that's probably one of the most exciting parts about watching the game right now is that we don't know who's going to be able to perform. And it's a reason to tune in. And plus, you know what? 
There's plenty of people that, you know, 18, 19, 20, where people weren't supporting the team even when they were good. So this is the time when we get to really see what it is that how this team's going to mature and, uh, you know, keep watching and supporting you guys, of course, because, you know, I listen to you guys every day. So it's uh, especially in the off season, it's going to be awesome. I appreciate the call, man, and uh, appreciate that you got home safely through that ride through Vasco Road. I know, especially at night, that can be a tough one. So Mustang Matt, man, appreciate the call. Well, that is uh, almost it for us. We've got a couple official things. A's fall to the Angels tonight, 4-3. to three. But before we get out of here, we got to take a look at our out-of-town scoreboard brought to you by Mechanics Bank. We had uh, a big win. The Padres came back, and they get the walk-off win to beat the Dodgers uh, and also, we talked about, you know, Lou Trevino. We talked about some former A's kicking things around. The Yankees clinching their first AL East title since 2019 with a win over the Blue Jays. That final out, it was Lou Trevino getting Matt Chapman. Thanks for the note there, uh, Robert Costa. And, you know, that's a good good win for the Yankees. And we're all still waiting to hear about Aaron Judge, who did not homer again. He hasn't homered for seven straight games now. And, you know, that could be a case when you see some of these guys pressing. You think about, uh, I know, crossing sports here, but remember Steph Curry struggled with his three-point shot leading up to breaking that three-point record? You know, right when you get there, right on the precipice, it can be a lot harder. You know, we're seeing Aaron Judge get walked a lot more, and, you know, he's still having some pretty good at-bats, but he's also getting walked a lot more, and I think that's playing part of it because, you know, nobody wants to be on the footnote to history when you're giving up the the 61st or 62nd home run to Aaron Judge, and your name's going to be part of a trivia question for the rest of the time. So that's our out-of-town scoreboard. Now we're going to take a look at what's on deck, presented by Ashby Lumber. Ashby Lumber, for all your building and remodeling needs, you can learn more at ashbylumber.com. And Chris, you got a busy day tomorrow, man. You're going to be on the air, jumping on with A's Cast Live starting at 4 p.m., you got the GM of the uh, joining the show. You're going to have David Forrest and then A's Total Access beginning at 538 and then another 638 first pitch for the A's and Angels. What is up with these start times? That's weird. Like who to starts? Yeah. I mean, make it 640. You can't give two more minutes. 637 and 30 seconds. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Now that that like tonight uh, actually, when we were doing Ace Cast Live today, I was I was like, "What time does?" Because we always start one hour before, and I'm like, "What time does Ace Total Access start?" And it's it oh, it starts at five thirty eight. I mean, just bizarre. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I, you know, the baseball times can always be a little weird. Like I know twelve thirty seven pops up here every once in a while. It just, I'm sure it's linked to TV at some point, but you think. At some level, you just got to make it rounder because when you're trying to sell the game, who's going to remember, oh, yeah, the game starts at 6.38 tomorrow. <laughs> All right, well, we had fun tonight. The A's uh, come out on the short end of it. They fall 4-3. to three. Townie, have a good call tomorrow, man. Have a good uh, good TV day or a good uh, A's cast live. You got 4 p.m. Get to talk to the GM. Any uh, preview for us about what you're going to talk about with David Forrest? Yeah, I want to get into. I'm starting to doing a little investigation on the uh, stuff that's going on in baseball. Like, like, have you heard of Indeed.com? I have heard of Indeed.com. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I've only I only know about it because you see it on commercials during games, right? I right. I actually 
found on Indeed.com a bunch of different job applications for baseball research and data. You know, these R&D teams that they talk about. And there's all kinds of jobs that are open right now in baseball for inside these analytic departments. They're all over. And I want to get into, and I'll ask David about how, you know, there's a lot of secrecy about what teams are doing to where in the NFL they've, like, opened up, like, Hard Knocks has been so successful. Like, they try and, like, open up as much as they possibly can because the fans love it. Will we ever get to that point? Like, for example, and we were talking to Dave Feldman earlier today on Ace Cast Live, like, Jonah Bride let off, let off tonight. There has to be a reason why when you look at Jonah Bride's numbers and you go, but he's leading off tonight. Well, what is it? Like, all of these different moves that they are doing, why? Why are exactly are we seeing this? I could go and look at splits. Okay, what does he do against left-handers? But there's always a, a, what right or wrong, and whether they get it right or wrong, there's always a method to their madness. I wish we could get more in-depth about all the different stuff that baseball is using to identify players, fill out their rosters, to fill out their organizations, and and not be so cloak and dagger about it. And also Mark Langston, the great San Jose State Spartan, and obviously a terrific big league pitcher and now a broadcaster for the Angels is also going to join us on Icecast Live. Well, it'll be good. It'll be a good day for listening. A's Cast Live. What do you got going tomorrow? Oh man, I got a four a.m. wake up call waiting oh, for Jesus. me after this. Yeah, then get out so, of here. Let's get out of here. <laughs> That's it. A's Cast Live starting at four p.m. Uh, you'll have uh, David Forrest joining Townie tomorrow. That leads to A's Total Access beginning at 538. So make sure you don't be late for 538. And the A's will continue their series against the Angels at 638. Adrian Martinez set to tow the rubber again for the green and gold. And that's what's on deck. Brought to you by Ashby Lumber. Remember, head over to athletics.com slash A's cast. You can hear all this great content. This will be a podcast afterwards. And in case you missed David Forrest or any of the other great interviews, athletics.com slash A's cast, your home for all this great A's content. And uh, the A's trying to bounce back. They're having their final road trip of the season. Doesn't go their way today as they fall to the Angels 4-3, to hoping to bounce back tomorrow when they have Adrian Martinez. For Townie and myself, Joe Hughes and Robert Costa, as well as Ken and Vince and and Commander Cody, where he's lost somewhere in Europe. Just want to say thank you for listening to A's Clubhouse as the A's fall to the Angels 4-3 tonight. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget, unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
your loan personalized. Whether you're planning your next vacation, backyard landscaping, or even consolidating debt, First United Credit Union can help you check off your to-do list with rates as low as 5.9% APR. Apply online or at any of their East Bay branches. Visit firstunitedcu.org forward slash athletics for details. Insured by NCUA. Looking to stay up to date on all things A's? Head over to athletics.com slash A's cast. That's athletics.com slash A's cast to listen to A's baseball and full 24-7 coverage of the A's only on A's cast. With a single click, you can stream great shows, live pre and post game coverage, and of course, all the great action of the A's this season. Head to athletics.com slash A's cast today. Hey, Ace fans, check out Longport Fish Company, an exciting new chef-driven seafood restaurant located in the Veranda Shopping Center in Concord. Longport features the highest quality lobsters, oysters, king salmon, flavorful chipino, and much, much more. It features a full bar of craft cocktails, local brews, and a curated wine list. Longport Fish Company is for all occasions, too. Date night, business meetings, catching an A's game at the bar, or bringing the whole family. Check us out at longportfc.com, on Yelp, and on all social media. Who's feeling especially happy about their rides right now? Ask anyone who owns a Honda. In times like this, you need good gas mileage. This car, it has it. Gas mileage is amazing. The gas mileage is what's so great. America's most fuel-efficient full-line automaker is Honda. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your NorCal Honda dealer today. Fuel efficiency based on 2021 EPA estimate of model year 2020 large full-line automaker fleet-wide fuel economy. Ask anyone who owns a Honda or visit NorCalHondaDealers.com. This has been the A's Clubhouse Show. Murphy, it's a high fly ball, right center. Straw going back deep in the alley. He'll turn and watch it fly. One swing of the bat shoots the A's in front in the bottom of the first. Swung on, hit in the air. Right field, hit well. Back on it is Cabrera at the wall. It's gone. Steven Vogt has hit it out. Steven Vogt has hit it out to tie the game at two. Be sure to visit athletics.com slash A's cast for exclusive content, including pre and post game for every game. 2-2 pitch, swing and a miss, blew it by him at 95, and Zach Jackson strikes out the side. Thank you for joining this exclusive presentation of A's Baseball.